Thank you so much for joining us today on episode number 91 of the Real Life Runners podcast. With the summer months ahead, a lot of people are going to be in into base building mode and working on their foundation to maybe ramp up for some fall races. So today we're going to talk about one thing that a lot of runners neglect and why this skill is so important to incorporate into your training. This is the Real Life Runners Podcast, and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. All right, so today's episode all about a key component of building a foundation, but before we get into that, we have an ad, a a sponsor for our podcast, and the sponsor (laughs) is... Us? It's us. (laughs) All right, so week in and week out, we're here, we're bringing fantastic information of how to help you become the best runner that you can possibly be, but we are in the process of creating a membership program to help steer you step-by-step along a clear, delineated path to take you from where you are to the best runner possible. Yeah, we give you guys lots of information every week. And this new membership program is going to be taking all of this great information and research-based information and putting it into a step-by-step program for you. So that's the biggest difference is, you know, we're going to give you all the steps that you need to do and the correct order. That sounds perfect. All right, so let's get into today's podcast. And that is is all about balance, okay? Ooh, balance. Balance. So running is essentially jumping from one foot to the other over and over and over again. So so long running is just an awful lot of hopping. A whole lot of hopping, right? So balance is super duper important. Okay, so let's break this down a little bit. You're you're my math and numbers guy. Love the math. I know. So we're going to break this down a little bit. So average running cadence, which is the number of steps per minute that we take, it's approximately 160 to 180 steps per minute that most people take. I've got that math. That's 80 to 90 times each foot lands per minute. Right. So each foot lands 80 to 90 times per minute. That's what I said. So... Right. So in 30 minutes of running, you take approximately 2,400 to 2,700 steps per leg. That's a lot of hopping. Right. And in 60 minutes of running, go ahead and double that. That'd be 4,800 to 5,400 steps per leg. I'm so glad you're certified in math. (laughs) (laughs) Muscles have to work to stabilize the pelvis and the entire lower extremity, your entire leg during that cycle, right? Because you are essentially, like I said, jumping from one leg to another and your muscles have to work super fast to help stabilize your pelvis. And if they're not working properly, that's not a good thing. If you think that you're not actually jumping from one leg to the other as you go out and running, you're not running. That is the definition of running. You are, in fact, hopping from one leg to the other. Mm-hmm. Someone will be able to take a picture of you where both feet are off the ground. Right. And that that's the definition of you being a runner. Yeah. If not, you're either walking or you're speed walking. Because in speed walking, in the Olympics, you're not allowed to have both feet in the air. That is just... Br- it is the <laughs> most torturous event in the olympics speed walking is like one of the best things to watch though i mean i know but the number of injuries oh, it's, is it's phenomenal it is brutal on the, the body. number of elite level athletes olympic level athletes yeah. that have to drop out of the competition yeah it, like you just don't see that in any other I event know. it's at pretty all. crazy or you know bathroom breaks you know bathroom breaks remember that guy yes oh god that was 
You guys will have to Google that one because Mm -hmm. we're not going to talk about, we're not going to get into that. All right. So let's go back to the math. Yes, ma'am. All right. So ground contact time. That's the amount of time that your foot is on the ground as you're going from one step to the other. And the average ground contact time is about a quarter of a second. Depends on how fast you're running. Of course. Depends on a few other things in there. That's why we're going average. Yeah, average. Somewhere around a quarter of a second. Mm -hmm. So those muscles that are stabilizing your leg and your pelvis and your core and your body and trying to keep you upright, they have to fire and they have to stabilize your body in a very short amount of time. Oh, I see the math coming here. All right. So it's a quarter of a second Uh times you running for an hour. Uh So that means your right leg is landing about 5,000 times. You got it. So that's standing on your right foot for a quarter of a second times Mm 5,000. That's uh, what? 1250. 1250 seconds Mm -hmm. of a single leg stance. Right. That's like 20 minutes of a single leg stance. Exactly. So it's over 20 (laughs) minutes. That's ridiculous. Standing on one leg in a 60 minute run. Ouch. Yeah. So 20 minutes on one leg, 20 minutes on the other leg, and the rest of the time is airtime. Nice. Yeah. So anyway. It sounds cool when you say that. It does sound kind of cool. You go out for an hour-long run, and you spend 20 minutes floating. In the air. (laughs) So your muscles better be strong to hold a single leg stance for 20 minutes. Now, obviously, it's not 20 minutes straight, and obviously there's a lot of nuances here, and I'm just manipulating numbers to make it sound a lot more dramatic than it actually is. You should go into politics. Hey! (laughs) But... I hope you get the point. The point is your muscles need to stabilize you to make you a more efficient runner, a more powerful runner, and to help avoid injury. Because if your stabilizing muscles aren't doing their job, you are getting set up for more injury because you are taking so many steps every single day, every single run. And if those muscles aren't strong enough, then you're just going to start to break down. Right. So to go back to how you, you open up the entire episode is yep. a lot of people are probably in in base building right now. If you have a fall winter marathon coming up, you are at this point where you are essentially ramping up your mileage. You're increasing. You're trying to build this huge aerobic foundation. Like, oh, let's just see how many miles can I possibly run and get all these miles in my legs and then fine tune them down and I'll worry about strength later. I'll worry about speed later. I'm just going to build this massive aerobic base, Mm -hmm. which is remarkably dangerous. Yeah. I mean, a massive aerobic base is great, but if your muscles aren't going to support the building of that massive aerobic base, then you're not going to accomplish that. Right. It's, it's trying to build like a huge giant skyscraper by building a huge concrete base, but you've put the entire building on top of sand. Mm. So your foundation to your foundation is, well, unstable. Unstable, right. So you need to build a strong foundation, and these little stabilizing muscles throughout the whole leg are super-duper important. So your balance is affected by many things, but overall there are three main strategies responsible for our balance. There I, is... like that I like that you call them strategies. Well, that's what they're called. That's fantastic. I love when the PT comes in. <laughs> it's your balancing strategies. It's your balance strategy. <laughs> like, uh, so... I, I try to not fall down. I wave my arms a lot and don't fall over. <laughs> yeah, that's your strategy. <laughs> Waving. <laughs> it does not go well. <laughs> right. So, I mean, this is, you know, some basics in physical therapy, kinesiology, all that stuff. So, there is your ankle strategy, your hip strategy, and your stepping strategy, okay? So basically what this means is 
when our balance is challenged, those are the order of the strategies that our body uses to help keep us upright and keep us balanced. Okay. For those of you who can't watch this, which is, well, everybody listening, because it's an audio podcast, I'm going to do the next segment while standing just on my right foot. <laughs> okay. So when we balance, our first line of defense is our ankles. Okay. So here's Feeling our- it. Okay. So we're going to do our test. So if you are standing right now, go ahead and stand on just one leg. So the first thing that you should notice is that your ankle starts to wobble a bit. Very much. Right? Your ankle starts to wobble. And then, you know, you can stand there for a while. I mean, if you're a runner, you probably have decent balance. Yeah, except my right calf is just not feeling it because it went pretty hard this morning. Mm -hmm. So I'm quickly moving up the chain. Okay. So once your ankle starts to fatigue and maybe you're getting a little bit tired, then you might notice that your hips and your trunk might start to sway a little bit. Like you might stick your hips out. You might start to lean over one way. That's one thing that you see a lot is people start to lean. So they kind of stick their hips out in one direction and their shoulders kind of go the opposite direction. Yeah, so they look like a crescent moon. Right. So that's your hip strategy kicking in. And then finally, once your hips can't do the job anymore, then you take a step. Okay, so if we're standing on one leg, that's when you would put your your foot down. Another... um, test that you can do. It's oh, much easier out. when I put my other foot down. Yeah. So another test you can do is just standing up straight. You can either do this on one leg or on two leg, two legs, and you can have someone push you. So I'll, I'll go ahead and do it to you right now. So okay. if I push you lightly, <laughs> I thought that was, that was supposed to be a light push. I wasn't sure what the result was. <laughs> All right. Just try to hold strong. Okay. Got okay, it. So I'm going to push you lightly. Uh-huh. So the first thing you notice, right, is your ankles. You notice your ankles are trying to stabilize and bring you Back to back to normal. Back yes. to equilibrium. Sure. Okay. Okay. So now, if I push you a little bit harder, you stick your butt out, right? That's the first thing you did. Is like you you stuck out your butt. Well, yeah, it helps right? that you push me in the hips. That's what's. Gonna... <laughs> oh no, my! You push me in the shoulders. My butt does still stick right back out. <laughs> oh, that's weird. <laughs> and then eventually, I step back with my correct. Left foot. And then if I push you hard enough, then you have to actually take a step to keep your balance. That's really funny. I step backwards with my left foot. If you push me from behind, I would step forward with my right foot. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's interesting that you would change which foot you use based on which direction you're being pushed from. It's, I don't know, it has to do something. What if I push you this way? Then I'm... I'm Oh, now you're like rock solid. Now you're actually fighting me. Yes, I'm not falling over. (laughs) Too bad we don't have a video version of our podcast and people can just watch me pushing you around. (laughs) And then my butt sticks backwards. (laughs) Right. So this this is one of the things that I do during track season, actually, with the sprinters on the team. You push is, them? I do. Mm-hmm. Um, when they're not not ready for it. Mm-hmm. That's part of the key is they can't see it coming, which mm-hmm. is the best part. Um, or I'll do it to one of the kids, and then they'll start doing it to each other to make sure that they, they actually can't see the thing coming. But for sprinters, it's important to know which is your power leg ah. when coming out of starting blocks. Gotcha. Like there's two very good ways of doing it. If you roll a soccer ball right to the middle of somebody, yeah. which foot do they use to kick it back is their power leg. Yeah, but you, it would be tough to like aim right for the center. Exactly. I'm just not that coordinated. That's why I run and don't play <laughs> ball sports. Um, That's why you're not a professional bowler because you can't roll the ball right right where it's supposed to be. Perfect. <laughs> um, so what I do is I have this conversation with them and then I'm like, okay, so now what I want you guys to do is stand in, the, stand in your lane right in front of your starting blocks. And I can always get like one or two of them and I just shove them from behind. Not like to the ground, but just real quick and they'll always step forward. Some of them 
some step forward with the left, some step forward with the right. And it's kind of funny to see who steps forward with which. Hmm. Um, but I always step forward with the right foot. So that's, that is my strong leg. That's the leg that I have to lead out of blocks with. That's interesting. And then, so then you notice that if I was pushing you from the other direction, you were going with the left leg. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if that's just how you were pushing or coincidence or what, but hmm. strong interesting. Leg. Okay. So that's, so that's kind of how our balance works. So our ankles are our first line of defense and then our hips. And then we take a step in order to maintain our balance. Okay. So when we are running, it's somewhat the same. Okay. Right. Our foot strikes first and then our ankle works to stabilize the body. Then the force is transferred upward into our knees and our hips. So then our hip muscles have to work to then stabilize the pelvis. Our body weight is now continuing to move forward until we take our next step and then we do it all over again. Yeah, because you're in constant motion. Mm -hmm. So your hips can't do everything. Like that'd be... They'd be leaping forward and trying to land on one foot and not falling over. Right. Like you have to take that next step. Right. And, you know, all of this, like we said, it happens in a fraction of a second. A quarter of a second is the average time that your foot is on the ground when all these muscles have to fire in succession to stabilize your body and allow your body to be stable for the next foot to then move forward. It's it's really key to see this guy that it definitely starts ankles first and then moves up to the hips Mm -hmm. because i've watched kids over the last decade run in cross-country races and a lot of them land and it looks fine and then right after they land their entire leg collapses to the inside because they just don't have the the hip strength strength. they can land their ankles are strong enough but their hips are not strong enough to actually transition forward and take the next step exactly like the the push off and if if you're kind of leaning over and funky before you push off then you end up kicking out sideways Mm -hmm. and your knees are something is going to be really achy really quick exactly exactly so you can then see how like weakness in any part of the chain can then decrease your stability and increases the increase the forces that are shot through your body with every single step of your run. Right. And ideally you're going to want those forces going down through all of the stable points, not right. going down at funky angles. Well, and you want the muscles to be strong enough to also absorb them. Yes. And the muscles to be strong enough to stabilize the body to allow, like you just said, to, for you to maintain proper running form and not have these, you know, hitches in your step and in your gait that are going to cause problems. All right. I'm going to dive into my physics stuff. So forces are really essentially just arrows pointing in whatever direction you want. Mm -hmm. So if you are standing or running and you land on one foot, Mm -hmm. ideally you want that force of your body weight directed down through your foot. Down to the ground. Down straight into the ground. Like gravity is pushing you down to the ground. Yeah. If you're over your foot, the force goes through your foot. Okay. Everything's all nice and stable. Right. If your ankle twists off to the side, mm-hmm. gravity's still trying to go down. It's going down the direction of your leg, but it's going off to the inside. It's not landing through your foot. Right. So your ankle's going to get all messed up. And your knee. Or, yeah, if you go from the from the hip and you're all like swayed off to one side, yeah. it's shooting way medial. It's shooting way to the inside mm-hmm. and your hip or your back or something's getting all messed up. You, you need to be straight up and down. Otherwise, Otherwise, the force arrow doesn't point through your feet. Way to bring the physics in. I like it. I like it. Way to go. All right. So hopefully you guys can see now, like, this is why balance work is so important in running training because we have to get our bodies used to standing on one leg, not just standing on one leg, but then jumping from one leg to the other. Yeah, making huge, powerful movements with just one leg. Right. And so we have to teach our muscles how to fire properly in order to stabilize the body. Okay, sounds good. How do we actually do that? Okay, so 
to do this safely, basically what you want to do is you want to start to progress from slow static movements, okay, like standing on one leg. That's the most basic. Great. Um, well, I guess you could go into like a stand, a tandem stance. That would be a little bit easier than one leg. Like So, so tan- like heel to toe? Tandem would be, yeah, one foot directly in front of the other. Like you're walking a tightrope but like not you're walking? walking? Correct. Like okay. you're standing on a tightrope or you're just standing on a line in, in your tile floor. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> right? Um, so... But, but yeah, so slow static hold, so standing on one leg, and then you're going to progress that as you get stronger to more dynamic movements while the body is moving. So that would be more like single leg hops, single leg jumps, single leg bounding, that kind of thing. Okay, so it's like a combination of, well, I mean, the single leg stance is... That, that's basic and fundamental stability. I do that a lot. With, I mean, we do that with the cross-country kids. I do it with mm-hmm. my track kids. Yep. Some of them figured out how to almost cheat the system. How? Well, if they're wearing such sizable shoes, it gives them this huge platform underneath. Mm-hmm. So when you're standing on one foot and you're essentially barefoot, you kind of have like three points of contact. Mm-hmm. You've got your heel and then like the bone at the base of your big toe and your little toe. Mm-hmm. So your foot's like a tripod. Right. So you want all three of those points, like your your weight evenly distributed through those three points. Yeah. But the kids who are wearing like big, chunky basketball shoes just lean back on their heels because the shoes are so wide that mm. that just gives them all of this stability. Okay. I've watched them because they go from like wobbly all over the place where they're literally helping to build the muscles of their ankles and their, their hips and stuff like that. Yeah. And they rock back onto their heel and they're just rock steady. Yeah. Because they're just using their shoe to replace muscles. So then a good progression for that then would be like, so step number one is standing on one leg. And then the next one might be standing on one leg with your toes lifted. So then you're activating your dorsiflexors. And then the other one would be standing on just your toes. Just your toes. Yeah. Just standing and holding one leg stance up on your toes. Because ultimately with running, you're going to land either on your heel or on your midfoot. You Hopefully you're not landing too hard on your heel, but you're, you're landing heel to midfoot, and then you're transferring all your weight to your forefoot, the, mm-hmm. the front of your foot, right, at, like you said, at the base of the toes, and then you're pushing off from your forefoot and from your toes. So you really do need a lot of single leg stability standing on your toes, basically, because that's your, your propelling force forward. I made them take their shoes off. I mean, yes, that would be a good, good idea also. <laughs> but I, like you said, like you, you need essentially the, the structure all the way through. Mm-hmm. So I, well, I and the, and the other moving thing... forward, I'm totally going to do that of, okay, now without your shoes on, yeah. try and balance essentially yep. back towards your heel. Like mm-hmm. if you lift your big toe, you lose one of your three points of balance. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be unbalanced when three points are on the ground. Right. You can't have a wobbly tripod. It's impossible. Um, but if you only have two points of balance, now you're trying to balance like a, a line and you're going to wobble back and forth on each side. Mm-hmm. So if you lift your big toe up, off you go. Mm-hmm. If you lift your heel up, now you only have the front two points of balance and yeah. wobbling all over the place. Yeah. So, I mean, that exercise is actually really good just standing on your toes because you're not only improving your single leg balance, your ankle stability, your hip stability, but you're also increasing the strength of your tendons, specifically like your Achilles 
tendon. Nice. Yeah. Ooh, it's a bonus. Mm-hmm. It is a bonus because that's super important for runners also. Well, I think one of the things that it started working as the season progressed, and I, we should definitely point this out right here, is the kids felt bad about wobbling. Mm-hmm. Like the one kid was like, oh, you're wobbling all over the place. Don't you have any sort of strength in there? And so they figured out how to essentially cheat it by wearing the, their like bigger, chunky basketball shoes and they weren't wobbling anymore. But then they weren't getting the benefit out of the exercise. Right. So once I explained that, no, 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 wobbling means you're actually doing the exercise and you're helping strengthen those muscles. Then, well, then the one kid who kept falling over was like, does that mean I'm doing it perfect? I'm like, no, you're laying on the ground. You should stand back up. And, but some wobbling is necessary. Like you, you say that it's a static hold, but it's static while still trying to get those muscles firing as much as possible. When you start this, there's going to be some wobble. Right. And once you are super stable, just holding one leg, then that's the time to progress. And so then, then you can do all sorts of things. Right. So then, like we said, you, you can progress to standing on just your toes. You can progress by um, standing on a wobbly surface. You can progress by adding arm movements. soft surface? A I soft moved them surface, from the, yeah. the concrete to the grass. Yeah. Now you've got an unstable surface right. there because it's, it's just a little bit uneven. Right. Or a couch cushion or couch a pillow. Cushion. Yep. You know, there's lots of different surfaces that you can then progress to, to wobble or sand. You or know, if you've or got... my personal favorite. Make them close their eyes. Yes. Yes. Taking vision away also <laughs> is, is a very good challenge. And then you can add in arm movements and then you can add in lots of different progressions. Um, and like I said, from these slow static holds to the more dynamic jumps and hops and bounding and all of that on single leg. All right. So when I was first reading over this, and it was like the static holds versus the, the jumps and the hops. I'm like, okay, so this is really the greatness of yoga that slowly moves you from one hold to the next. You know, some yoga has you hold a position for a while. Mm-hmm. Some sort of slowly progresses you through these holds, but all of them requires you to, to keep your focus and hold these you know, poses where you have to figure out what your balance is. What mm-hmm. muscles are you even activating to try to hold your balance yeah. in different positions? And then the hopping stuff is much more like plyometric training. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't throw anybody into plyometric training until I've done enough, like, foundational, right. fundamental strength training. Exactly. Like, I'm not going to have somebody who can't stand on one leg for 10 seconds try and start doing single leg hops. Exactly. <laughs> that yeah. just seems like a great way to hyperextend a knee. Right. And so, like we always say, you need to build your foundation first. And that is one of the things that we preach to all of our clients. This is going to be the core of our membership program. Like we need to build a strong foundation for you to allow you to then reach your full potential with running and with life and everything else. One way I, I always like to use the summer to, uh, to bring this training in is I like to go to the beach mm-hmm. and try to stand in the ocean. You're lying. You don't like to go to the beach. No, I don't. But <laughs> when dragged to the beach by the, other, boy. by the other members of the family <laughs> and then dragged out into the water by the kids who are like, no, the water is not that cold at all. I like to stand right where the waves are breaking and try and stand on one foot. Mm. It, uh, it doesn't go well. <laughs> it doesn't go well. But, but usually it improves as summer goes along. So and are I like your hips to... sore afterwards, your ankles? Yeah, very much. Yeah. I get exhausted trying to do it. The nice part is that you're standing in, in cold water, so, mm-hmm. um, so that's a benefit. Yeah. All right, so let's talk about how you can maybe assess this in yourself and how you can do a little self-assessment and then self, um, not check, self-correction. Correct, correction. Correction? Yeah, Perfect. self-correction. All right, so... 
Here you go. So what I want you to do is I want you to get in front of a mirror. A full-length mirror is best. So try to find a full-length mirror. Or step back far enough from a normal mirror. Or sure, but I want you to try to be able to see your whole your whole body. So first thing to do is just stand. Okay, I want you to notice how, how your body looks. Now lift one leg. Okay, now assess how hard is it for you to stand on one leg. What do you notice? Are your hips level? Do you sway side to side? How long can you hold it before you start leaning to one side or the other? Do you need to stick your arms out? Do you find your your arms are kind of flailing? What are your shoulders doing? Are they moving forward, backward, side, side? What's going on there? Yeah, do you actually look stable or do you look like you're just flopping all over the place? Exactly. To check and see if your hips are are even, I like to put my hands Mm -hmm. right on top of my hip bones before I do this. Mm -hmm. And I can't tell when I'm just standing, but with the mirror in front of me, you know, I lift lift one foot up and your hand should not move. Right, your hand should stay level. Ideally, they should not move. Right. The first time I try and do this with, with a lot of the high school kids, they lift one foot like way up in the air and then that hip is obviously way up in the air. I'm like, no, no, no. Or they drop it. Just lift your foot off the ground. Mm. And then, yes, that's exactly what happens. So they overcompensate. They lift that foot way up and that hip just goes super high. And then when I say, no, 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 just barely lift it off the ground, mm. then that hip caves underneath them. Yeah, and, like, and then they become a crescent moon. And <laughs> so after you assess the one side, try to stand on, the, on your leg, see how long you can stand there. And then switch over to the other side and do the same self-assessment, right? Check your hips, check your shoulders, check how you're swaying, like, and do you notice a difference from side to side? Um, Actually, I forgot to to say this, you know, instead of doing this in a mirror, you can actually record yourself doing that, and that's even better because then you can go back over it and watch the video. Can they post that to Instagram and tag us? Yeah, that would be awesome. (laughs) You guys should totally do that. Yes, that'd be fantastic. Yeah, do your single leg stance. Post it to Instagram, hashtag Real Life Runners Tribe, and then also tag us at Real Life Runners, and uh, that way we'll be able to see and uh, all see how stable all of us are. Perfect. I'm <laughs> remarkably unstable. Okay, so that means you have to be first then. Perfect. You got to post the video first. All right, and if you don't follow us already on Instagram, you can find us at angiebrown.rlr and kevinbrown.rlr. Come follow us and say hi. So. Or watch us fall over while we try and stand on one leg. <laughs> well, no, watch me. Angie's a rock. Yeah, and if you use the hashtag Real Life Runners Tribe, I have been searching for that lately, and I've been sharing um, different posts to our Real Life Runners story because I love to share all of our different people out in the tribe to you know get everybody connected. Yes. Anyway, go ahead. All right, so after you do that self-assessment, so record yourself. Try to do 30 seconds on one leg and 30 seconds on the other leg and then go back and watch it and see where are you different from right to left. Now, I want you to do a couple adjustments. Okay, good. All right. Are these going to make us feel better? Yes. Okay, good. Okay, so now stand on one leg. Got it. What happens if you pull your belly button in? It's in. Okay. What happens if you push your shoulders back and correct your posture? Now I want you to try to tuck your pelvis underneath you instead of sticking your butt out. Got it. Okay, so now do you feel more stable? And I kind of feel pompous. Pompous? Because I got my chest all poofed out in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
<laughs> but you don't as have to, pompous as you can be while standing I mean, on one foot and slightly but wobbling. If, you, if you're if you're pompously pushing your chest out, then that then you're also going to stick your butt out. Oh, so sorry, I was overcompensating. You got to tuck everything. Okay, tuck everything. Did you say you were overcompensating? <laughs> I've announced I'm overcompensating and remarkably unstable. This has not been the best <laughs> podcast for me. Oh goodness. So okay, so that's one thing that I want you to keep in mind. So by correcting your posture, by activating your stomach muscles, your hip muscles, by tucking your pelvis underneath you, those are all things that are going to improve your balance and your stability and your single leg stance. Oh. And my, then ultimately you're running. My right leg is just really tired. Really? Yes. Okay. More than more so than your left? More so than my left. Thank you for sharing with us. <laughs> I'm not sure what the value was in that comment, but thank you for sharing. There is none. I've just been standing on one leg for a lot of podcasts. I know. That is kind of funny. It's like when people talk about, um, you know, different things. It's like the first thing you think about. Like, so both of us have been like standing on one leg during the recording of this podcast. Yeah. It's, well, I mean, that's the whole idea of whatever you do, don't think of a green horse. Yeah. Ah, there it is. It's a green horse. All right. I always say purple elephant. Perfect. Anyway. All right. So like we like to do, how does this relate to our real life, right? Uh, shoot, how do we connect balance to real life? This seems like a giant leap we're going to have to make mm, here. This one might <laughs> be a little bit tough to figure out. So obviously, you want to have balance in your real life as well as you're running. I mean, you're, if you're looking for... Uh, to excel in in any area of your life it's it's all sorts of balance we talk about um, having hard days and easy days in running but the same thing happens in all areas of life if you have a day where you're pushing really hard at work or whatever you're gonna need that time to recover it's why the weekend exists in the first place Mm -hmm. I think yeah and you know one thing I think is interesting is the concept of is there such thing as balance can you truly balance things in your life because I think this is one thing that a lot of people have been talking about lately is trying to find a balance like between their health and between their family and between work and all these things people are trying to balance all of these things but is there true balance I vote no but I'd love to hear your take on this. I don't think there is because I think that you know, we all have priorities and we act according to our priorities and there are seasons in I was our just going to say it's seasons like you like to say. I know. I do like to say that. But there are times when there are, you know, one thing is going to be a higher priority than another and you are going to need to devote more time and attention to that thing versus other things. Right. There's, there's not balance on like a micro level. There's balance on a much larger macro level though. Explain that. So it, on on any given day, you're you're not going to have this even like work to relaxation balance. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have like on this day. I'm going to spend 15 minutes with this one and 15 <laughs> minutes with that one. Right? Oh, the splitting time perfectly between your kids. Between is that your that kids, one between your spouse, between yeah. self care. Yeah. Your workout. No, like it's just not going to happen. You're not. You're not going to take your day, and it, no matter how fancy of a planner you have, you're not going to highlight each thing in in a color. Of this is devoted to child A. This is devoted to child B. My spouse, myself, my work, my blah 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 blah. All your categories. They're not going to balance. But over time, over a much larger block of time, it's all. It all should work itself out. I see. I don't. I don't really agree with that either. Okay. What do you got? So I don't think that balance is really the goal that we need to be shooting for. Okay. Explain. Okay. So everyone thinks that they need to have things balanced, or they need to have a good balance of their life, in order for them to feel 
happy and calm and at peace, right? People automatically assume that if they have everything perfectly balanced, they're going to have peace, right? Because isn't that the the feeling that we're going for? Isn't that why people want to have balance in their life is to, so that they can feel calm and not like stressed or yeah, you overwhelmed? Get, you get your zen on. You feel totally at peace and everything is calm and well with the world. Right. But isn't, I mean, I think that's the question is why are you seeking balance in your life? Because you feel out of control in your life? Right. So it's a sense of control that they're looking for. Okay. Right. And so basically my argument would be, you know, it's, it's the sense of control. It's, it's trying to lose the feeling of overwhelm in any given area. Like if, if you feel, feel overwhelmed or out of control, you're trying to seek a sense of balance. But I don't think that balance means that you're devoting the same amount of time to everything or the same amount of energy to everything. I think that trying to balance yourself and trying to just... I associate balance a lot with trying to put yourself into a place of nothing but comfort. Mm-hmm. And, you know... Like Homeostasis. You, I, didn't, I didn't say it. <laughs> okay? But you're trying to put yourself in a place where you don't feel where you don't feel uncomfortable, where you don't feel stressed out, where you don't feel pushed outside of this place where it's like, nope, this is my happy place. I'd like to live in here. That's my place of balance. Mm -hmm. But to be successful at anything, I feel like you have to get pushed outside of that place. Absolutely. So if happiness and success correlate to each other, then happiness and balance don't correlate because I don't think that balance and success match up very well. Yeah. Like you can't get ahead by only living in a place where everything is just balance. Yeah. Where everything is just comfortable. Yeah. But I think that that's the thing is everyone wants like a work life balance. Like that, that's one of the terms that you hear a lot. You know, they want to, you want to make sure that you're spending enough time with your family and at work and it just doesn't work out that way. I mean, it's certainly not going to work out numerically. Right. Numerically. You you want to, you want to have a sense Mm -hmm. that there is a balance on this one. Yes. It's the same way that I look at like training. You want to have a sense that overall there's a balance. Mm -hmm. It does not have to go hard day, easy day, hard day, easy day, hard day, easy day. It doesn't work that way. Right. You know, what if you had an easy day and yet at work was remarkably stressful Mm -hmm. or something with your kids was absurdly stressful? Mm -hmm. That's hard day, hard day. Yeah. You can't go back and then have another hard workout the next day because you never actually got the recovery from it. Right. So Because the stress took that easy day away. Right. That easy day never existed. Yeah. So it's not just trading, oh, it's this one, then this one. I go from work and when I come home from work, work. I just, I take a deep breath and I walk in and I'm pure family. Good luck. And I'm sure that there's some people that are are doing this much better than others where it's like, oh, okay, no, I, I completely disconnect work and I don't think about it at all when I'm home. Mm -hmm. I feel like some of that is lying. I mean, I I think it's a definitely a skill that you need to practice. practice. Yeah. But it's, I think it's hard to completely disconnect those yeah, two things. I think so too. I think it's it's useful and it's it's helpful to try. To try. Yeah. I think it's something to strive for, but I think that um, striving for balance is not necessarily a thing. Trying to strive for better than yesterday, mm-hmm. not a balance. Like I don't want to be perfectly balanced because mm-hmm. sometimes I I need to feel that I'm in an uncomfortable place mm-hmm. or I can't get better than where I, where I was yesterday. Right. I don't want to be more balanced than yesterday. I want to be better than yesterday. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I completely agree with that. But I like what you 
pointed out there about numerical balance too because I think that a lot of times people feel like they need to be devoting equal time to things when that's just not the case. Like it's, I think it's the quality of the interaction well, that is the most key. Yeah, that's another huge thing. If you are spending family time, are you actually spending family time? Right. Or are you spending family time while well, also on your phone? Like, Doing work. Yeah. It, are you spending family time by you and your kids all sitting on the couch watching TV? Well, they're just staring at the TV and you're not watching the same show they're watching. You're really just looking at your phone in your lap. That's mm. not quality family time. Right. You can totally have quality family time where like you all choose a movie. You all want to watch the movie. I'm not saying that you can't look at a screen. Right. But there has to be some sort of actual connection to the family. Mm -hmm. you know? Well, because then if you're actually watching the family movie, then you guys can talk about it either during or afterwards. Perfect. But if one person's staring at their phone and not seeing what's going on in the movie, then you're not having the same experience. Yes. Like when the kids say, hey, can can we watch a show? I'm not going to sit down and watch the 30 minutes of like, you know, seven, eight-year-old design show. Right. Uh, I'm going to be doing something else. And I may hear it because every once in a while they put in like grown up jokes into these kids shows and mm -hmm. they're really funny. They are funny. And I may comment on it and the kids will feel a slight connection. I'm not calling that family time. Yeah. No, like, no, that's not family time. I'm not sitting there no. with them. I'm not commenting on the whole thing. It's a bonus that I was able to mention something while I was, you know, doing dishes or right. doing whatever. Like it was an add on. They didn't, they don't see it as family time. I'm not counting it as family time. Yeah. And so then you need to have separate devoted family time so that you are getting that same connection and that quality time and that it's connection more than anything else. It's how connected do you feel to that priority in your life? Right. But the same thing happens at work. Right. Like don't waste your time at work. Mm -hmm. Get work done. Yeah. Focus on whatever the task actually is mm -hmm. at hand. Get that done and then move yourself along. Yeah. You know, uh, and that's why I feel like sometimes like, you know, shift jobs like you know, people that have to spend, have to spend eight hours at work or nine hours at work. They're not spending eight hours working. Mostly, no, you, you really you know? can't. You can't. Right. <laughs> so like in, in those cases, wouldn't it be better for people to just come in for like five hours and like actually be productive and then not have to be there all day long? Yeah. I mean, it depends I mean, on the industry, of course. Of course. But you know, a lot of jobs would be much better set off of, you know, you have to accomplish this task and then right. you're done for the day. Well, and I think that that's, that's the way a lot of places are moving in that direction. It's a lot of companies like, are. You need to get this thing yeah. done. So, but, and then you, you take a lot of menial tasks and you move them over to robots. Mm -hmm. <laughs> AI. So, yeah. So I, I don't know. I just think that the sense of balance that we're all looking for is really that sense of connection and how we feel towards the different areas of our life and whatever ratio that looks like, that's the sense of balance that we're all seeking. And that sense is different for everybody. Yeah. And it's probably not 50, 50. I mean, yeah. that goes to our, like our training philosophy that we stole from other people of the whole 80, 20 balance. We didn't steal it. We just took it and made it our own. Perfect. Yeah. But it's an 80, 20. That's not a 50, 50. That's mm -hmm. as 80% easy, 20% hard. Yeah. That's not a, an even balance between right. those two things. Right. It's never a perfectly even balance. Yeah. I homeostasis Homeo <laughs> <laughs> right but so i mean is the, what's the goal then if you're not trying to achieve balance then what's the goal that you're trying to achieve happiness and betterment mm -hmm. growth growth yeah personal development but growth can't happen with balance well, like, growth doesn't happen in a comfort zone either growth doesn't happen inside of a comfort zone yeah. like your your comfort zone does not help you move to a better place mm -hmm. it, unless you bring uncomfortable things into your comfort zone and then mm -hmm. it's just really poorly named <laughs> then it's not a comfort zone anymore. <laughs>
So anyway, um, I guess that about wraps it up for today. I think so. Yeah. I mean, so balancing, balance work and balance training is very, very important for you to help to strengthen the muscles of your body that are going to help stabilize your body while you run. Yes. So if you are currently in the process of trying to build a foundation and ramp up your mileage, perhaps you should ramp up slower and spend that extra time that you're not going out and getting the extra one or two miles doing some actual single leg stance. Mm -hmm. If you get good at single leg stance, single leg hops, some bounding, some plyometrics, Mm -hmm. a lot of of active movements. Do it in a progression. Do it in a slow progression. Slow and safe progression. The other thing too is you don't have to devote special time for this. I do this while I'm prepping dinner or washing dishes like instead of just standing there and chopping up the vegetables I will stand on one leg and chop vegetables or wash dishes. I do not do that that sounds remarkably dangerous. (laughs) No but I mean you can incorporate it in other things like if you're taking a shower or if you're brushing your teeth like those are other times that you can just stand on one leg and Get your balance training in. Those seem like much safer times. Chopping vegetables while standing on a single leg seems like a remarkably dangerous... We, this podcast does not endorse playing with knives while standing on a single leg. I'm so glad you're like <laughs> taking care of our liability issues. <laughs> so, but um, that's all I'm saying is, tr- you know, you can try to incorporate it into other tasks during your day. You can also incorporate it into family time because you know small kids are going to love playing that game. Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that can be some quality fun family time. Everybody stand on one leg now. It's a game. Yeah, for sure. And then you can time it and have contests and, and then you can start throwing other things in the mix like if you're if your hands are over your head or if you're swinging your arms side to side and it compl- if yeah. you have younger kids all of that sounds like a game mm-hmm. just like running drills look like a game it yeah. looks like a game and not a way to actually improve your running form yeah. it's all just a game <laughs> right, shoot hopscotch that's kids plyometrics oh yeah <laughs> that's what it is true absolutely so go play hopscotch with your kids it'll make you a better runner jackpot jackpot all right So like we said, follow us on Instagram. You can find all those things in the show notes. And if you're not on our email list yet, please head over to our website, realliferunners.com, and jump on there so that you can be the first to know when we release our new membership program this summer because it is going to be awesome. So as always, thank you so much for spending this time with us today. This has been the Real Life Runners podcast. Now get out there and run your life.